and talking to our friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. Not Danielle. And I'm Matt Schreckbein. Hey, hey! It's Matt Schreckbein. The letter hack is back. The gang's all here. It's true. <laughs> hello, hello. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing well. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. We're yeah. kicking it off big time. It's Matt Schreckbein. It's Matt... It's Schreckbein. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. I was telling Matt, I want to give our Hellboy Book Club listeners something a little special. You know, for the holiday season, I guess we, I guess we got the holiday season coming up. It's still or, autumn, though. We're celebrating autumn still. In this house, we celebrate autumn. We are celebrating autumn well, still. We, we do know the holidays are coming up. No, but birthday I, is I next see so weekend. much. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> see, and that is the perfect holiday. There you, there go. you go. Yeah, all others pale. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're celebrating Aubrey's birthday, so I was like, let's have Matt on the on the podcast, and that's so. Right. Yeah, I was so glad that you could join us, Matt. Thanks for inviting me. You, I always love doing these. Absolutely. I, it's been a long time. The last time I was in Texas. Yeah. Whoa. Right? Wow. That was um. That was like in July or something like that, right? Yeah. Wow. Was that in July? Time flies. No. Yeah. Surely not. Yeah. I remember that being like last month. Right. <laughs> That's wild. Anyway, it's so glad to have you on, Matt. I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with your work, but I wanted to start off by you know plugging some of your stuff. You've got your YouTube channel. You got your live streams. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in the letter hacks world. I okay, so I live this life now where I have all these projects going on that I can't talk about, <laughs> and then some of them don't pan out, and I still can't talk about them. Oh. And and it's not like in a bad way. It's no, just yeah. like oh, okay, we may get back to it, sure. so we'll talk about it. So right. in the meantime, I am. Uh, I just put out a sketchbook, my first ever sketchbook. Yay! Um, yes, very and, nice. And just for the record, like I have a link tree on all my social media. So if you follow me anywhere on social media, hit the link tree and you can find all this stuff. Right uh, and I've been live streaming on YouTube every Monday night, 930 p.m. Eastern time. And it is like a thrill ride in technical issues, audio issues. <laughs> then when you figure those out, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to draw live, you know, so that's like nerve wracking. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that traditionally I don't like to do. But I've gotten used to it, and I'm doing, like, the biggest portrait drawing I've ever done. It's, like, 102 real-life people in this illustration, and I'm doing the whole thing live in parts. The final part is this Monday. I'm going to color it. And I'm actually, I start a half an hour early for this one. I do it 9 to midnight because I, I need, like, a full three hours to get anything done, right? A, yeah. a substantial amount of work accomplished. And it's been going really well. Um so that's that's my big thing now is live streaming and seeing where where that leads, you know, and how I can make um, that channel grow and if I start using other platforms or not. And who knows? But for now, it's really fun just kind of building up a community. I always have like Aubrey's in the chat. Lots of people are in the live chat hanging out and having conversations and asking questions and starting discussions. And it's really big for me because after moving to South Carolina, I'm sort of isolated. And so this is a great way for me to like, you know, make contact with the outside world so to yeah. speak so i'm really enjoying it. it's going well yeah we actually have a couple of book club members uh in that chat oh, that's too. fun yeah, yeah. west metice is in there mm-hmm. it's like a book club members um, hangout and live draw yeah that's super oh fun. yeah it's so cool what is your book club members do you have like uh letter hack heads or something uh or we what? call it we call it the letter hack chat Cute. <laughs> so it's like 
when when I see like a bunch of regular names, I'm like, oh, this is an official letter hack chat. Oh, nice. But yeah, that, okay. That's like as far as it's gotten. <laughs> we we haven't we haven't come up with nicknames like that yet, but it's bound to happen. No, I like <laughs> you that. know. Yeah, it's cool because um, you know, there's all this talk about what's going on with Twitter and if that's going to be a mm. thing in the near future or not, and so I have been inviting people to my Discord. And it's fun. I, I don't know if you guys use Discord servers, but they've always been kind of like uh, alien to me. But I've been getting used to it. And it's actually really cool because all these different podcasters have their own Discord. And within the Discord are all these different channels with different discussions going. And, and you can choose to participate in as many or as few as you want. And so it's not like scrolling through a stream. It's more like right. checking in on certain sites that you're keeping up with. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, and it's different communities and stuff, and and so, so that's fun. I've been doing that, and and it's like you know, I mean, you guys are living proof of of being able to have successful virtual friendships. Mm, you know, because we went yeah. forever. Right. We only met this year yeah. in person for the first time, but I feel very close to you guys. Yeah, like we're absolutely. good friends. Yeah. So like. You know, I think that that's definitely something people should be relying on more. Not not that you shouldn't go out and touch grass and meet people in the real world, but yeah. don't be afraid to make friends with people virtually. It's either. fine. Yeah, it's it's okay to be yeah. with friends who are, works. who live in other places. Yeah. Before it was like letter writing, so now it's yeah. it's right. the same deal. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. the fact 10, that we can see and hear each other on, you know, yeah. chatting and video and stuff, it doesn't make it like less of a friendship. It's right. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Excellent. Also. I'm a Tumblr kid, so if anyone's thinking about like like yeah, Discord's great and everything, but if you want to continue to be unhinged on a hell site, Tumblr is the place. For <laughs> yeah, I got back on Facebook recently. Mm. That was fun. Really? Oh, okay. it, yeah. You know what I like about it? It's useless. Uh, no, Mike Manola's art page. Yes, yeah. that's the yeah. only Terrible redeeming. Is putting stuff on there. Yeah. Every day. That's the only day. redeeming really thing. Cool. Oh yeah. That's what I was telling Danielle. But, is like the groups. If yeah. you find some cool groups to be a right. part of, yeah, they have to be well moderated, though. Yes, they yeah. and that, that is a well moderated group. Yes. So that's that's why but it's that's like that. Exception. That's why it's good. He saw that I was on there and immediately started posting Black Flame <laughs> stuff, and I was like, "Why are you doing that?" That's pretty funny. He's like, "Oh, apologies, Matt Trackman." I'm like, "Oh yeah, thanks." He's absolutely. <laughs> I've been here for like yeah, two great. seconds. Oh yeah, man, that's, that's too good. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I will definitely link um, your link tree, your link to your sketchbook, and I'll also link Mike Manilla's art on Facebook. You mm -hmm. should definitely go check out that group. It's a well-moderated, good, positive community of yeah. people, like-minded people who just love the art. So, yeah, excellent. I'm so glad you get to experience that, Matt. Awesome. Yeah. All right, and now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. <laughs> <laughs> you read a story we talk about it you hate them guys us and it's a book club get out trade some flowers we kind of hey you damn guys from spencer stepnewski spencer stepnewski book club member yes thank you he said, hey, you damn guys, I only just discovered your wonderful podcast earlier this year, probably around February or March, when I was looking for a Hellboy podcast to accompany a reread of the Mignolaverse. I am now up to date and have reached the dreaded issue by issue and likewise episode by episode wait. I've spent years trying through 
decadent and occult ritual ranging from bribery to outright begging to brainwash my friends into reading these comics so I could have people to discuss them with, but with limited success. As a custom furniture maker, I find myself with Whoa. loads of podcast music, audiobook time while doing the more mindless aspects of woodworking. Working in the shop. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And hey, you, if you have a if you have like a an Instagram or anything, we'd love to link oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah. Excellent. Definitely. Yes. He says, uh, you three plus guests have become the friends I never knew I needed. Aw. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank friendship. You. Very good. Hey, give us your uh, online thing. We'll show people your work. That's super cool. Yeah, that would be great. Both of my grandfathers were um, woodworkers, and I myself work in a shop and love to do things like that. So that's that's super awesome. Very good. Keep Excellent. it up. We'd love to see some of your work. Spencer says, I was excited that this week you were reading House of Lost Horizons, the Sarah Jewel mystery. Nice. Because yeah. this one has some really cool stuff happening in it. Despite the more obvious structural elements of the plot, being taken straight from Agatha Christie, I would argue that at its core, this is a riff on Shakespeare's The Tempest, and not just because the entire cast is stuck on an island in a storm. The main clue, I think, lies in the name Dr. Caliban, Caliban being the monster, quote-unquote, deeply problematic portrayal of an indigenous person in the play. Mm. On its mm. own, I thought this might be a parody of the pulp trope of having a villainous non-wasp given a racist name a la Fu Manchu. <laughs> However, under closer scrutiny, the prime conflict begins to fall in line with the play. Arlen Wellstone is a sort of Prospero figure, being a powerful, wealthy person with a taste of magical occult who is living on an island, being served by quote-unquote fairies, and benefiting from the hurt done to Caliban, sacrifice Dr. Caliban's uncle, versus stealing Caliban's island and enslaving him, but the same difference. That's a great parallel. Very I, nice. I had no idea. He says, uh, however, by this plot formula and instead changing the lens from romance fantasy to that of a criminal investigation, we fundamentally see the characters differently. This traditionally presented heroic, rich, white man of property is really just a late-state capitalist scumbag in way over his head. And for good measure, the Caliban archetype gets some much-deserved justice. Sorry this message is far too long and half-baked, but this is what makes your podcast so great. It's a chance to sit down for a minute and actually think through what would otherwise just be another comic issue, leading to a much rewarding experience. Who said comics couldn't be thought-provoking? Hope all is well. Spencer Stepnewski. Step... Okay, wait. He, he put a pronunciation here. Thank you. Pronunciation corner. Spencer Stepnievsky. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Spencer Stepnievsky. New book club, book club member. member. Yeah, yes. book club member. And that's you know, a book club. He literally described... Yeah. It's a book club. Yes. It's a book club. That's yeah, a book no club. need to apologize. Yeah, no, right don't now. apologize. Like, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're all doing here. No, I... Good I, job. Yeah, I, I would have never known about... I've, I've never uh, seen or watched The Tempest, so that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. That's new information for me. <laughs> I have absolutely read it, and I just did not make that connection at all. Right. So that's... Uh, <laughs> great. But it's, yeah, it's like Tempest slash murder mystery like right. you know uh what's it called the thing that we were talking about the uh all the other things that we talked about so <laughs> i don't i don't know exactly what you're referencing but like i think who done it yeah the you know all the uh whatever knives out etc oh, okay you know. yes the who done it i thought you were oh, referencing clue knives out yeah yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought you were referencing on other episodes we've talked about different interpretations of Shakespeare plays. Oh no, I was and not so, talking about that. But, but yeah, <laughs> but this would almost be like. A, but they kind of squished together a bunch of different concepts there, which is yeah, fun. Like yeah. you've got the murder the, mystery. Well, version you've got the type of, of story yeah, that yeah. it is, but you've also got like the setting of it, which is like I want to make it feel a little bit like 
the Tempest or whatever it is. So that's that's cool. We also heard from Ryan. Ryan. Book club member. That's right. Amazing screw on head 20th anniversary edition. No, was... that's not it. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> hey, damn guys. <laughs> it's like Ron Burgundy. It's like, say it sadly or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He said, hey, damn guys, listening to the latest episode, Sarah Jewel Mysteries, House of Lost Horizons in parentheses, and have been a fan since episode one. Episode one? Wow. Long time listener. Long time. Wow. I've even moseyed on over to Book Club Member Comics for some lemonade, and I had to drop a line to say this is one of the most enjoyable, (laughs) inclusive, and positive podcasts. Wow. Thank Thank you you. for plugging our other podcast, Book Club Members Comics. I'll also link that in the show notes. Check that out. Book Club Members Comics. Book club member comics. <laughs> so we're enjoyable, inclusive, and positive, you guys. Your enthusiasm, joy, and appreciation for these comics and stories is infectious, but I have to say that one of the most impressive things on display here is your unfailing politeness with each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. It's a rare quality that anyone in any discussion, much less one for public consumption, isn't just trying to get the last or loudest word in. It's encouraging to me to see how encouraging you are with each other. Always a compliment here and a good catch there between all of you. Aww. Oh, thank you. I guess we are pretty wholesome compared to... It's a book club. A of, That's yeah, what we it's do a book club. Yeah. 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 Thank you for some great entertainment and getting to spend some time reading a thing you told me to read. And you guys read it too. And then you talked about it. And I talked about the thing you talked about. And that's a book club. And that's friendship. Ryan. Aww. Wow. Thank you. That was so sweet. That was perfect. That was very sweet. Yes, Thank and you. I didn't ask you to explain what the podcast was, but yeah. there you go. Ryan did it. Ryan, there it Ryan is. did that. Thank you so that. much. Excellent. Oh, that's so good. That thank you, fun. Ryan. Yeah. And thank you for listening to the other show, yeah, too. Yeah, to Book a lot Club of, Member Comics. We have a lot of fun over there, too. Yeah, we do. Aubrey, yeah. you dummy. We don't have any fun over there. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm the only one having fun. <laughs> No, yeah. but yeah, he's right. Like we're not, I guess, because we're not uh, constantly insulting one another. Yeah, I guess. I know so, what kind yeah. of podcast people are listening to right. the right. insult each other show. Oh man, <laughs> we're not being controversial enough. No. <laughs> but the reason why I wanted to have you on, Matt, was to talk about the Amazing Screw on Head 20th Anniversary Edition. We obviously already discussed the Amazing Screw on Head back on episode 48 of the podcast. This was back in 2019. Think about where we were in 2019. We didn't know like any of this stuff was going to happen. It's wild to think about that. I'll never think um, about that. But yeah, you went back and listened to that episode, right, Aubrey? I did. I did. It was uh, it was interesting to listen to because like we didn't have a lot of our like you know jokes and our little bits. That <laughs> oh, we, we don't do. have any bits. <laughs> yeah, we don't have no any bits, bits going. Mm. Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't no, know. I like our bits. I don't know, listeners. What do you think? Do you like? Do you like these obnoxious bits that how, we have? How many minutes did they, did they add to the podcast? Yeah, so doing many, all the bits? probably. I just got a copy of this hardcover special edition version. A book so the... nice, we podcasted about it twice. There you go. Yeah. John got this for his birthday from the birthday fairy. Oh, I Ooh. did. Yes, thank uh, you, birthday I'll, fairy. I, mm-hmm. my wife bought me a copy. Oh, yeah. It it came out in August. Spouses do be buying year. copies of this book. That's for sure. And she said, hey, uh, I just saw that there's this 20th anniversary edition of The Amazing Screw-On Head so by nice. the guy who does Hellboy. Don't you want that? And I was like, oh, honey, I have so many copies of that book. 
<laughs> like, I don't know. I got to look into it. And she's like, I'm just going to get it for you. And I was like, well, okay, if you're going to put it that way, go ahead. <laughs> right? Awesome. Yeah, this new version, it celebrates the 20th anniversary of the Eisner Award winning collections, original publication, and includes an additional 40 pages of new material by Mike Mignola with colors by the great Dave Stewart. Yes, very yeah, good. So I did want to come back and talk about this one because I just got a copy of it. I thought it would be fun to talk about some Mignola artwork again mm -hmm. and just um, get your thoughts on the on some of these stories, Matt, because we've yeah, already we didn't run through this with you. So yeah, we, we've we've already discussed the stories in great detail in episode 48. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that one. You if it's get, been a while, you can no listen to it. You can get all the <laughs> it'll be free of all the obnoxious bits. And uh, you can get all the little details out of there. But here, I just thought we could kind of go through the stories, make our way to the new stuff, and kind of get your thoughts on some of them. So, obviously, the, the original comic came out in May of 2002. And you were talking about, Matt, you actually... So, there was the original comic, then there was the hardcover screw-on-head and curious objects, and then now there's this one. Was the, Is there another one right. in there that I'm missing? Well, there's the artist edition. Oh, the artist edition. Yes, I forgot yeah. about that. I have that one too. And um, in December 2021, the paperback version. I, I'm pretty sure that the original hardback that came out in 2010 was only available as a hardback until last December of 2021. And then they put it out as a paperback, a trade paperback. Oh, okay. Right, right. There's nothing new about that. It was just available again. You know, and so when I heard that there was a newer version, the anniversary edition, of course, I was like, well, I'll look into that. And, you know, it's one of those things that you think instantly, if I don't get it, it'll be gone. <laughs> but they just put out the trade paperback of the original hardback. And I was like, well, they'll probably do that, too. So if I don't get the hardback, maybe I'll get the softback. But at least it, I got the hardback. So I feel content. Yeah. My take on screw on head is that, and I've always thought this, this is the perfect, it's very accessible. So if you're new to comics, this would be the perfect book to pick up. Oh, if you're, okay. if you've read comics and you're new to the Manola verse, right? Like you haven't read Hellboy and you're like, Oh, there's so much. I don't know where to start. Uh, but I want to get to know Mike Manola's work. Grab this. Right. Cause the fact that there are so many versions means that you could probably track it down, right? And, you know, anyone who's... A, this is like a... It's not just fan favorite. It's creator favorite. Sure, is that yeah, how? Yeah. Is that how you would say it? Like, sure, yeah. This is a fan favorite creator, right? So chances are, <laughs> if somebody likes comics, they have this. And if they have this, they probably have more than one copy. And so if you're new to comics and you don't want to, you know, you, you're still iffy on whether or not you want to go out and buy it, you could probably just borrow it from somebody you know who reads comics. I bet they have more than one copy. Right. I would take it. I would take it further than that. I would give. I would hand this to somebody who says. I was gonna. I was just thinking. Uh, I have right. now. I have another copy. Yeah. I had at, at one time three copies of the original single issue, and I'm down to one. So I've given it away. Yeah. Right. So you may get lucky, but this is like the perfect book to read. If you've never read comics, because it is such a demonstration of what you can do uh, by, you know, with storytelling in comics by a master. And it's like kind of I mean, I know he's not done yet, but I would say like this is top of his game, right? Like he's doing some very high art in terms of comic book panels here. Uh, you know, it shows what you can do with the fewest lines possible. And, you know, I, I don't know if you want to go down this road just yet or if you want to like dig in on the issues or not, but. 
But I think that there's a lot to be offered here. And it's one of the few cases in comics where it's not reliant on all this other stuff. Well, you can just was, read yeah. this book. You would, can just read one story in this book. I would take that. I would take that even further, and I would I would say probably uh, I would hand this to somebody who would say, "Oh, you read comics? <laughs> what are you, a stupid baby who likes dumb shit?" Right. Oh, right. Like all the fucking haters that are like, "Oh, comic books <laughs> in the toilet." You know, I would say, "Well, why don't you read this because you're don't know what the fuck you're talking about?" Right, like I yeah. think that you know people who are like, "Oh." You watch Marvel? No, you don't. Hmm. You know, I'm very intelligent. I would hand them this and say, okay, well, so you don't like DC or Marvel. Right. That's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you can throw away this medium. Oh, I see what you, you mean. You cannot yeah, throw yeah, this medium yeah. away. It is not only valid, but crucial, and it's wonderful, and there's so many things to love about graphic novels, comics, whatever you want to call them. I think this is a prime example of, like, hand this to them and be like, it's not just, you know, dudes in capes and tights. It's it's it can be this too. Read this. If that's not your thing, maybe this is your thing. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, I, it would be I would unique. encourage them. Yeah, I would encourage them to just keep exploring and keep finding things. And this is where I would start them off. Like even if you read this as your first comic ever, and then you were like, okay, well, let me read a Wolverine comic or right. something, because I don't know how I feel about comics still. After you read like the you know the superhero stuff, you'd be like, oh, now I get it. Right. Like that, that yeah. was truly unique, right? Like that was. Like, let's say you had to teach comics and you were only allowed to use one comic as a tool. If this were it, it's all there. I mean, yeah. you could, yeah. it, everything about, like, even, and I know we talk about this in terms of Dave Stewart a lot, but, like, when it comes to color, like, you can just paint the panels or you can help tell the story. And this does that, you know, like, the colors in Screw-On had really helped tell the story. So there's levels to why this is a unique and well done comic book but anyway that's that's my take has always been like i really want people to, if you're just starting out grab this you yeah know? yeah that's great advice totally. i love that yeah. agree yeah i think um, there's a david bowie interview where he's talking about artists produce their worst work when they feel safe and they're just doing stuff that they think other people want to see and that they think they should be doing because they think other people want them to do that right. and then they produce their best work when they're like going just into the deep end and their toes barely touch the don't even touch the bottom that's when you're like that's where you should be exploring and like mike mignola talks about there's like a thing oh, in yeah. here in this book where he talks about i was kind of flitting around marvel dc doing like whatever superhero comics and it was just not great and then i was like well let me just do a completely random thing that's all me totally right. me my creation just it's a reflection of me and see if people like it, and people did like it, and I got you know a lot of accolades for it, and it was something that people it stayed a right stuck sure, stuck yeah. around, and it's still here, and everyone still tells me that it's great and it made a difference in their life or whatever, and so he says like that's what the inside of his head looks like. Exactly, is this comic? So something whatever, totally. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, it's totally me. It's it's just me, pure me, and he did that, and I think that that's. That speaks for itself. I mean, we're all holding up this book as yeah. the example of what you should be striving for in this <laughs> medium. And I yeah, I think that that's, that says something about he's just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do this isn't working. I'm just going to do me. Right. And he did. And it yeah. turned out to be the, gr the greatest thing he could have contributed. So, I, yeah. you know, I have a question. I just thought of this. But who who first came up with like, I wonder, did Minola say this or was this like Mark Tweedale? Who said that these are the fictional stories that take place inside of the fictional world of the Hellboy universe? 
gosh. I think maybe it was Mark that said that. I don't know. We did talk about that, though. I was actually thinking about that as I was reading this. I was like, have we discussed that? But I guess we have, right? We must have discussed it back then. We may have talked about it in the next episode on listener feedback. Right, though. right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I really like that take. Because yeah. cause, like, if you read take. through this book and you didn't hear... Or, or like you've never experienced Hellboy comics, and then somebody proposed that that's what was going on, you'd be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's deep, you know? I like that idea, too. It's just like, you know, because, I don't know, like there, there are certain things in this world that kind of that seem similar to Hellboy stuff, like the shapes, and they mention Vril. Yeah. And stuff like that, but then it's also like, it's also not part of the Hellboy world. So right. being part of, like, the fictional story in the Hellboy world it's just pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I like, like that. Lobster Johnson is a comic book, but then he's also a guy, yeah, or yeah. a ghost, or something. <laughs> so it's kind That's of a good point. It's all very intertwined in a lot of different levels, yeah. which I'm fine with not really knowing definitively right. sure. what that is. This is like a comic. This is one yeah. issue of a comic in in the Hellboy universe, <laughs> or something like that. I love that idea. Or it's like a parallel reality. I don't know, but it's yeah. I do like that these are like maybe like fictional tales in that universe that. Could partially be true right. at so, on yeah. some level or something. Well, the way that it says it in the Hellboy wiki, I think, is that they're tangentially related. Oh, they're tangentially, yeah. Yeah, there you go, or something like that. But um, I did want to talk about this first issue. So the 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 Amazing Screw on Head issue, like this first story, Whisker on Head and Abraham Lincoln and Emperor Zombie or whatever. All of that was that initial issue from 2002. And I could see why they made it, tried to make it into a cartoon because I mean it's got like this amazing cast. We talked about the cartoon on I think on that we issue did. as well. Yeah. We did, yeah. But um, I rewatched that recently, and I just like the way that I hear the dialogue in my head when I'm reading it, and the de- the comedic delivery of all the beats, and the way that it is in the cartoon just didn't match up. Right. I, I don't know. Have you seen that cartoon? Well, the Matt? timing's a little bit off in the. Yeah, cartoon. I've seen it. What What it's, did you think of that? Yeah, I mean it's fine. Because that's, that's a cartoon where they tried to actually replicate the Mignola style. Right, which he has yeah, said before cool. he doesn't want. Right, yeah. 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 Huh. It's definitely cool, but I wouldn't, I don't know. All I need is the comic. Yeah. Is that, that's the only way I can articulate the feeling I have about comics versus, you know, without like going into like lots of, like I've sent in lengthy explanations to you guys and hey you damn guys before. <laughs> the quick and easy way to say it is, I can just live with the comic. Right. I don't, yeah. But but it was yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's fun to watch. Yeah. yeah but I love the cast on here. I love um, Mr. Dog, or whatever. He's like a three-legged yeah. dog that like gives them information or something like that. Mr. Groin and obviously Screw on Head. There, there's a parallel when I was re- rereading this, and I'm sure we've talked about it before with the turnip. And then this jewel, this like fragment or this yeah. star, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then when he plugs into the turnip, he becomes that monster or whatever. Like, right. we, we never really, I don't know, that's so intriguing to me. And I think that there have been yeah. references in the Hellboy universe of turnips. Yeah, there's, well, there's been like, like in the, all the like pinups that he yeah, does, there's turnips like show, that. they turn up Yeah, in a lot of his pinups. <laughs> this comic gives you just the right amount of information to be engaged. It doesn't like... <laughs> yeah. It's not like telling a story that's like, oh, my God, I got to know more. You, I didn't get to the end of this wondering, like, when are they going to tell us the rest? It's very satisfying. Yeah. 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 It's just right. And it's also it reminds me of uh, like as a kid, I would flip through uh, my dad's heavy metal. <laughs> right, I probably yeah. shouldn't have been. But like it reminds me of a not 
racy version. It's like a not, you know, gory, not sexy, like a heavy metal. Like it would, but they had a lot of weird concepts in there that I was like, oh, you can make comics about like space robots and stuff. It's interesting on that level of like, ah, just a bunch of weird ideas there's thrown vampires, together. Cool, there's vampires, there's zombies, yeah. there's mechanical men. But it's not, you know, it's not like super inappropriate. It's 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 weird and it's kind of thrilling yeah. and scary, but it's not it's spooky, but it's not like upsetting. <laughs> Which I like about it. It's I like it on that level as well. Yeah, it's like cartoon violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's yeah. not the kind of violence where you're like, "Oh my gosh, don't show that." To well, kids. we've yeah, we've talked about this before. Even the quote-unquote gore that Mike Mignola draws is not upsetting. It's just a palatable. Even yeah. the blood and gore, right. even when someone's being like dismembered, it's not anything that would be, you know, like, it's not like I don't, over the top. No, I can't look at that kind of a thing. It's very it's still very artful <laughs> somehow. <laughs> okay, I agree with that, but I immediately thought of the Wild Hunt or like the part where he flashes back right to killing all those giants don't get me wrong it's very visceral it's not like it's yeah you're right it's it's violent and it's visceral but it's not like like okay what's the like we actually did this last time we compared it to this of the uh artist that draws the very detailed gore uh in the bprd books oh guy davis yeah yeah Which is uh, very stylized still, but it's very upsetting. And it's like, oh, no, I don't know if I should look at this page. Or or James Heron. James Heron, exactly. And so Mike Mignola's style is still very artful and elevated and, 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 you know. What were we talking about that in relation to? I can't remember, but I know that we've been through it. We were were talking about something and we actually used the terms like the the gore in a Mignola book versus the gore in a Guy Davis. And that's what I I think it was when we were talking about... um, book club member comics that won Ultra Mega from uh, James Heron. Oh, okay. Oh, Maybe. sure. Yeah, right. yeah. Because you were like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is not for me. But Mignola can do, I feel like, the that kind of stuff, like chopping off limbs and whatever, without it right. being upsetting. It's like, oh, that happened in, on this page. I, very I get true. the information of it. And it's yeah. very visceral, but it's not like upsetting. Because now I'm trying to like go back and think of all the worst moments right. that could possibly be like the worst moments. There's like rivers that... of blood in his books, but it's not like it's not. <laughs> or you know Hellboy I mean? getting his arm chopped off. Exactly. As a baby. Yeah. yeah exactly like even the sound the effects thwop. are like yeah, it's yeah. cartoon. Yeah, even the sound effects. That's what I was gonna say. Um, I was trying to like think um for each story, what were some of my favorite parts or whatever my favorite elements? I mean, obviously there's so many comedic parts in this yeah. book that I really like. <laughs> yeah. But um. I really like the sound effects. They're That's great. the funniest thing for me in a lot of this. The Spain. rung, rung, rung yeah. when the balloon is going and all that kind of stuff. The kung when his mm. like when his head snaps into place or whatever. All those like metal sounds. Okay. Like that's that that's what makes me laugh a those lot are, great, are the yeah. little sound effects uh, yeah, in the book. Ac- you actually did talk about that kung in the uh, yeah did we? because because in the in the animated series it was more of a click and you were like you wanted you wanted that kung yeah <laughs> he'll do like spang yeah click, like a spang <laughs> and shoot all on one page yeah yeah it just really adds a lot of humor to the already kind of humorous nature of the book. Um, but I love all the going back through it, and I and I'm sure we talked about this on the previous episode. Kind of like statues and uh, reliefs and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, like the so mood striking. shots and stuff too. Yeah, when they come across the corpse of Gung, like all of that is incredible. Those pages are very striking. What are some of your favorite elements of this first story, Matt, of the Screw on Head issue? Well, Screw on Head himself, right? The fact that he has like different oh, bodies, <laughs> and like he's 
patriotic like the president's oh, right. like hey i need you he's like don't worry right he's like for I, our country and there's like an eagle in the background or whatever right yeah it's like very boy scout i think that's yeah. kind of like corny but admirable you know like he's a good guy for being whatever he is right right um well, and didn't and Manila say just, that he originally designed, a, it was a toy he wanted, and he, he didn't see yeah. it anywhere, so he's like, I'm just going to design this toy. <laughs> he he's like, I still want this toy, but for now, he's just a comic. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what he was saying. Where I could see a toy. screw his head like, into different bodies, and he would do different stuff yeah. and whatever. A which toy is, would work for the president, fun right? Toy. Yeah, that would be a cartoon thing. I'll have you know, I work for the president of the United States of America. I just I love how like Screw on Head and Emperor Zombie like have their own crew, you know, and they have like they, they like because that that really did kind of remind me of like Lobster Johnson's crew, you know, like oh, yeah. oh cool, there's guys and they each do their own part, right? And they serve their own purpose. And I I actually have a three legged dog, so like when I got a three legged dog because we adopted her that way, I was like, oh, it's kind of like Screw on Head, right? Three legged dog, right? <laughs> nice. Kind of cool. And you know, I don't want to be a broken record, but the best thing about this book is that the creator is obviously doing whatever he wants. Yeah, and on, yeah. on the very next page, he could just okay. Now it's like he said, uh, all the statues. He's just going to showcase that for a few panels, right? right? Yeah, or, man, you might as well. The dusty old knight or whatever that comes back to life. And it's just, you know, is that a knight, actually? I don't even know. When he's in that uh, Egyptian tomb or whatever. Oh, when he finds Gung? Yeah, no, that's not. Huh, yeah, I don't know why I was remembering it that way. I guess because the thing on his head looked like chainmail. Well, you were also talking about the Wild Hunt, and so maybe you got it confused with that. Because in that, there are, yeah. there are knights that are skeletons, skeletons covered with cobwebs just, and stuff i mean that's probably it but you can just tell that you know he's having like the best time like yeah. when emperor zombie yells ah really loud oh, yeah i'm just looking at that <laughs> yeah like that that's a choice they made to have the panel be that way and change the font right and and have the word balloon be super huge yeah. and, and dominate like the action in that panel i think that He's doing like a lot of fun comic book stuff. Like you could take any story and just start applying comic book stuff to it. You know, sound effects, onomatopoeia, that, you know, whatever. You could silhouette the characters instead of drawing them in detail. You can <laughs> zoom in, you can zoom out, whatever you want, right? Have a lightning bolt all of a sudden. And he's just kind of doing it all. Yeah, it's just a fun adventure. I like these four yeah. panels here with, like, we were talking about the turnip earlier, like, it's a turnip, but my instruments indicate that there's a small parallel universe inside, and then, like, you, it's like he's, like, holding an instrument up to this turnip, but then, like, you see a cut to this detail shot of, like, the... The jewel or whatever, yes, the, the fragment. Relief, like, the, yeah, and then the guy just very quietly says, Shambhala. And it just closes up on the turnip. And yes. I'm just like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, I fucking love this. Because yeah. you get everything that's happening. It's a very like tense, action-y moment with a turnip. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. And that's totally Mignola. So so like he's doing stuff that you know from him, from his stuff. You know? So it's right. like, you know, I was saying, oh, he can do a bunch of comic book stuff. But he can do a bunch of stuff that's unique to his stuff, too, you know? Or, or that, that we know him for. And right. I don't know if that would have been the case in 2002. Right. right when this first came out i don't think people would be like oh that's classic mike mignola right you know? yeah no it was too early for that and 
I, but it is. Yeah, yeah, but it is now. In retrospect, definitely. 20 years later still. Yeah. I've got that Three Dog Night song stuck in my head now. What is that song? The Shambhala Sha- oh, song. There you go. <laughs> Good job there. What about you, Aubrey? Any standout moments on this uh, Screw on Head comic? Just how fucking silly this thing That's is. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I, oh man, I haven't actually gone back to this since we uh, did the episode in 2019 and so just revisiting this i'm just like remembering how just fun and goofy i do love this comic yeah it's just it's 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 like just weird and wholesome but also just goofy and and like i i guess i brought the i brought this up in the uh last time we talked about it it's like a like a chuck jones cartoon oh yeah and it really is it's just like it's silly but then also i love the i love it when mignola draws all these like like high tech high you know using hot quotes high tech stuff for 1860 you know oh, yeah, like yeah. gadgetry yeah i mean it's just like it's it's so cool like all this like antique stuff that's technically high tech for this for this world and right, all that right and screw on head himself is just goofy and i would love to have a toy like that you know that would have been a great toy as a kid i know we still we asked for that back then they still haven't delivered someone's <laughs> got to do that um, Somebody's got a 3D printer out there can make us all toys. Yeah, <laughs> I would like some functional operational ones though, like the different bodies do different things. You put the head in there, yeah, and it and like it screws does a in different and it thing. Does the, it does yeah. the gung or whatever. Yeah. What were you, were you going to say? Sorry, Matt? Matt. What were you going to say? I'm just reading along now. It's like, <laughs> um, what about the part where he's like trying to choose the punishment? He's like poison frogs. Plague rats, giant fire-breathing robot, <laughs> and and she says, "Why not all three? And then there's a beat where he just Amazing. pauses, and then he's like, "Marry me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's great. Oh yeah, and then his like um, his his balloon or zeppelin or whatever it is, dirigible. Uh, mm. He's got like that library in oh, the yeah. little yeah. thing. It's just <laughs> so pretty awesome. I remember this now. Yeah, Blimp so conversation. <laughs> yeah. We did not actually have it on that episode. We didn't. Are you no, serious? It was on a different one, I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. Probably a lobster. <laughs> Probably. Probably a yeah. lobster issue. Probably that one. Probably that one. The Tanchi Zanyich one where he beats a bunch of Nazis to, de- to death with a luggage rack. Such a good epi- uh, issue. <laughs> but um, but the, go it, ahead. It's like the story is humorous, horrible, action-packed. There's emotion moments in it, right? It's kind of corny with the patriotism and all that. and And it's it never once like takes away from what's going on. Like mm. it flows perfectly. Like the pacing yeah. is just set. Yeah. It's really, really well done. But there are some wild mysteries to it. Like the, the turnip that has the That's what I'm saying. parallel yeah. universe in it. I'm like, ooh, that could be another thing. Right. Yeah. He could Learn more go about off. that later. Yeah, that could be could like, be you yeah, know because... how like the, the Vril is the uh, overarching you know, um, oh, right. like yeah. kind of mythos of the Hellboy right. and subsidiaries. You know, it's like that the turnip might be like a big thing here in this, like what in the adventures of the Amazing Screw on Head. So I don't know. That's that's a fun thing too. Like it, it does wrap up very yeah. sa- in a very satisfying way, but like also yeah. there is room, as Mignola always does, to kind of bleed out into other stories. Like yeah, when I was rereading it, you know, um, when he punches when he stabs into the turnip and he turns into the monster you know when he says stupid humans or whatever <laughs> uh, if you close in like he's got the turnip yeah, yeah. Still, still there and then on the next page i was waiting for there to be a shot where you see it land and 
they yeah rolls they, off or they something. show it but it's like it's still there it's still there it's still there, it's still there wherever this this scene takes place so yeah very cool they need to come back to this free at last my vegetable prison <laughs> um i think it's also pretty awesome that this is like a one-shot story written 20 years ago and everybody still loves it I yeah mean, everybody wants more and yeah man mm-hmm. is always only like, no there's no more yeah no more yeah <laughs> that's it he's like that's it um and, and which is and, valid that's fine yeah totally i love the way it ends where they say uh, they were going to tell the origin but it's a secret, so instead we present three horrible old women and a monkey. Cheers. And then it's got the three old women, werewolf, cannibal, criminal lunatic, and then the monkey. That's oh, hilarious. okay. <laughs> so wait a minute. When I went back and listened to the original episode for this, Danielle said cheers, and I thought that you were saying these guys look like they were from the opening of Cheers, <laughs> the sitcom. Were you not saying that? I thought maybe, you were. You yeah, were. That's, maybe. Uh, that's the impression do. I got. You know. Oh, okay. I thought because yeah. then I I was like, oh, maybe she was just saying cheers because that's the last line in the They story. also but say that too. Yeah, cheers. They do look like. I think he used that as a reference. <laughs> uh, we've got some great pinups in this version. I think it's also in the Curious Objects version, the hardcover. Making your way um, in the world today. Yeah. <laughs> did I put that song in there, Aubrey? You did not. Now oh, it's your okay. time to rectify. <laughs> That's all about friendship. <laughs> Norm. Um, all right. The, the the next story that we have here is Abu Gung and the Beanstalk. So um, is this kid, Abu Gung, in the story, is he the, the dead emperor or whatever that they were getting the box from in the previous story? Right? Yeah, well, because it goes on to say at the end he's Gung the Magnificent. Right, okay, so. yeah, yeah. So this is like... The origin of that guy who's already dead. I like that, too, because it's like building the same part of the universe. Um, Yeah, what was the word used earlier? Like, it's connected, but not... Tangentially or something? Tangentially. There you go, yeah. Uh, So, this story, Matt, um, I'm sure I talked about this, too. There's another version of it, the one that's in Scatterbrain number one. Have you read that? Do you have that comic? So, yeah, I think I do. I couldn't find it. Oh, okay. But yeah. I'm pretty sure I read it. Because I know he like redid it. He of. redid it totally for this, um a, a different way. So I like this story too. It's a great t- it's a great take on or know, the kind of maybe whole... I read it online or something. Mm, okay. Would do you think remember Dark Horse was putting comics on MySpace? Oh yeah, oh, no, it was about, part yeah. of that. Yeah, it I think it was part of that. May okay, yeah, that's probably where I saw it then. Hmm. Yeah, but this was another great one. Um, I love that shot when they show the family, you know, and there's the little bird with the note or whatever. I love all oh, that. Yeah. The colors yeah. right there. The colors by Dave Stewart is really awesome. Um, I love the reveal of the the sister with the bean. She ate the beans, and so the beanstalk grew out of her. Like, that's definitely a take that Mignola's just, like, coming up out of his own head with right it all is <laughs> right <laughs> but i feel like it's a it's it, it's it's his take on the you know there aren't there's a lot of different folklore about the beanstalk right or going up the beanstalk. oh yeah. i see what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. yeah yeah he's like no this yeah is my I mean, version. it's horrible it's gonna but... grow out of her stomach <laughs> i like how the leaves all are like heart-shaped i don't know why Oh, I mean, yeah. they could easily yeah. be leaf-shaped, but a lot of times they look like hearts. I don't know if that has to do with coming out of somebody, you know? Oh, right. I don't know. Yeah. 
nice detail. I like before that. I like where the boy is standing in the doorway, and he has like his arms behind his back. Oh, he yeah. looks real polite. <laughs> yeah, I like it when he um he asks him if they try to climb it, and she's like, "We're two old women who eat garbage. We can't climb." Oh. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you just you gotta imagine like I I've colored comics and you just gotta imagine getting these pages black and white. Now it's your job to color them, and like seeing the boys standing in that doorway. Like, what do you do with that empty space behind him? You know, right, yeah. like I, that would really stand out to me as like, do I play this up? Do I just like do flat color? Do there need to be clouds back there? You know, is it supposed to be bright? Not. You can always leave it to Dave Stewart to just nail it. Every oh, yeah, time, I mean, absolutely. especially when it comes to this stuff, but for sure, like, but the boy never returned. It's just very <laughs> dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> giant bat scree. Oh, the giant bat. Yeah, it's excellent. He just got him in the and the just a big exclamation point. <laughs> the boy never returned. That's like, but that's a story for another time. Yeah, yeah. It's just very. It's comical in a very kind of dry way. I yeah. like that a lot. I like how he tricks the the demon into like. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, she's still totally alive. It grew out of her nostrils. What? Yeah. I want to see that. He kicks him down there. Really good. He deserved that. Do we know who this character is? I guess it's just another cool pinup, the one that's in between. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Like, so random. It really is, right? I'm like, is that supposed to be the professor that we just saw? Or who is that guy? But I guess it's probably just put in there. It just seems a little bit more substantial than the others. I don't know. Maybe that's why they put it there. Um, the yeah. Magician and the Snake. Obviously, this is a great one, right? I this mean, this is yes. the, the, the this is the Eisner award, yeah. award winning story. Well, I think there are two. Was it must be Screw on Head? The yeah, Screw on Head. Yeah, Screw on Head. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. There's two in here. I think. Um, I just re- recently um, watched Drawing Monsters. Obviously, you've seen Drawing Monsters, the documentary. Now, Matt. Yes, I have seen it. I liked it. Yeah, it yeah, it was really good. But I, I think they mentioned that. With Katie Mignola being on the credits for this, that she's the youngest Eisner Award winner. She is. Because she was seven or something like that. I never even thought about that. That's nuts. It's really cool when they talk about this story and that documentary and how, um, you know, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, she tells him about this snake and this wizard and he's like, tell me more. Yeah. (laughs) Let's hear it. No, for sure. This This is probably my favorite story in the book, I, obviously, I love Amazing Screw on Head. Yeah. All of them are great in their own way. They're all very good stories. But yeah, I love Magician Snake. I love, um, love story. I have a tattoo of this. I have yeah of the uh, the snake uh, on the magician's shoulder, and they're flying the kite, and then underneath them are all the uh, the shapes and all that. Very cool. Yeah, going. But um, yeah, I really love the story for I mean obvious reasons. It's just it doesn't get much more pure than this as far as stories go oh yeah i mean yeah. i think it's, it's just, just a very it's short it's pure to the point story, but it's yeah. just so full yeah it's really good yeah i was stunned after i read this i, I was like perfect comic i yeah. can't believe it and like i didn't know the backstory about how his daughter and he came up with it but i i just assumed it was like a fun little story they were telling each other and he made a comic out of it and i was like nailed it and it's like so funny that you could read because Okay, so being addicted to Hellboy comics, you know what it's like that all the answers bring up new mysteries and you want to know more and how this tie into the bigger mystery and all that. And then that same guy makes something that's like just one and done, perfect. He's capable of doing that a lot, but it's always got Hellboy in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so to be able to do it here with these two characters, it's like their own personal story. I wouldn't say there's like 
a hero that we're following in the traditional sense. It just, I don't know. It's, the hero is love. Yeah, you know? and I, I hate to say that it's a quaint story because it's so much more than just something quaint. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, what's the word I should use to describe it? Um, like, it feels like it's too simple to say. It's just a perfect perfect well, story. It's, but It's short, and it's relatively simple, but it's also very moving. Sen- I was so moved when I first I read this. Say, yeah, yeah. I, um... All we can do is make the most of what time we have. We will. And they did. That panel yeah. is incredible. And like the image of the snake, the crux of the story is the snake is up on the rooftop yelling, go away at these shapes. And that's and the it's, part that gets me. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so, there's so much heart in this story. And it's, it's just a clear cut case of just do what your heart tells you because right. no one else can make this story and the world needs it. The world needs this artwork the world needs this story and the two of them got together and they were like yeah we're going to do our duty and make sure that this story happens and is real in this world yeah well one of the things that i wanted to talk about because this is a hellboy book club i mean you know obviously when we read the screw on head the first time we hadn't gone through all the hellboy in hell stuff and now we've had now we have and we've talked to talked about it at length you know but the shapes are something that are you know very important to that ending of hellboy in hell i guess spoilers right i don't know i guess if you're this far into the show you've probably mm-hmm. read all the hellboy in hell stuff but i would hope know, so the, the the shapes are really important to the end of that book and you know one of the things that i was thinking about as i was reading it this time was you know the magician he does this amazing trick and then he knows that the shapes are going to come back and he's going to kind of have to pay for it you know, in the Hellboy, if you if you take that parallel, if you say that this is the same universe where the shapes have the same rules, and I know that this is being way too specific, but like, what did Hellboy do to have that come back? You know what I mean? Like, the magician did this trick with the shapes, and in turn, that's what made them come back for him, right? Well, the trick is, a, I think, a parallel for... I don't know. Something it, with the right hand of doom, or... It could be, you know, it could be like, yeah, with, you know, the whole great power comes great responsibility okay, or yeah. it could be hubris or it could right. be any number of things but there has to be some sort of conflict yeah and that's the conflict and the resolution to this conflict is all things must end but with the time that we're given we're going to you know do it live it in the best uh, way possible which okay. is to love one another and value one another and you know like learning that time ha- ha- only has the value that you give it and it's it's just a very it's so, probably the most important lesson you can learn. No, but I love that because if you think about it in terms of what Hellboy did with his time, yeah. he destroyed hell. Yeah. He yeah. he took down everybody. And he spent it loving his friends. And, you know, you and, know, and we it's... talked about how uh, by the end of the book, it has started to look more like a town. There was more color in it and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't yeah. know. We'll see. You know what I mean? I think that that's interesting to think about. Yeah, that's what he did with his time. And he also just sat around under some trees looking sad for a while. And yeah. his, final, his final page of like the statue of the magician and the snake atop the shapes and then the, the panel at the bottom with the snake, it's very powerful. It's very, you know, it it kind of reminds us all. It's a monument to right. yeah. our yeah. own choices and how we can still choose every moment in this life. And it's um, I just it's just a perfect fucking story. Yeah. And I love it. you know what? It's look beautiful at that. as well. It's gorgeous. I mean, yeah. Look at the pale, the yeah. pale yellow in the background. Like you can see oh, Dave, Dave Stewart, Stewart is. Yeah. It's never a flat color. He always adds texture, and like, there's got to be an urge to increase the contrast, and he just doesn't do it. Right? It's so subtle. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really cool. That's a lesson in restraint, right there. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you brought up 
you brought up that um, Drawing Monsters documentary. Yeah. I don't think I ever said this publicly because we were sitting on it for a long time, but I'm just going to do it now. There, For a long time, there was a version that had footage in the actual documentary of Ross Radke, uh, Nathaniel Green, and myself having beers. Oh, my gosh. At the Gigantic yeah, Brewery, Yeah, at Gigantic right? Brewery in oh, Portland. Wow. Yeah, because we went out there with Kevin after the Rose City Con one day. Uh, Kevin Hanna, the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And we were all having beers, and he filmed the whole thing. And the audio wasn't good because you're in a brewery. You know, it's real loud. But... um. Yeah, it didn't make the final cut, but Aww. every now and then I would check in and go, are we still in there? And he's like, as of now, you guys Aww. are still in there. <laughs> and then I, I asked him one time, he didn't reply, and I was like, no, I'll just take that as we were on the cutting room floor yeah. somewhere. Yeah. But but it was really cool, because um, he sent me still pictures from that. So that was neat. Oh, nice. I got so pictures sweet. of it, and that's why I met those guys. Aww. Very that's pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That needs to be a deleted scene. Put it on the internet right now. I know, right? I know. <laughs> Give it to us. The next story, the witch and her soul. I just love these little puppets in here. He's the, a the, big puppet guy, the, the humor in this one, too. Yeah. Uh, I was laughing where he's like, uh, I'm the devil. And they're like, I don't think so. And then he like, poof, he turns into the, he like <laughs> steps into the red or whatever. And then they're like, oh. This takes place in the house that the hot air balloon what'd you call it aubrey the dirigible dirigible yeah. <laughs> yeah this takes place in the house that that crashed on right right exactly yeah there's some continuity in there thanks for bringing that up Matt. yeah i remember like i first saw that and i was like oh, i recognized it you know yeah and and then like i read on hellboy wiki one time and i was like oh everyone knows that oh, okay. that's not like special <laughs> that i recognized it yeah, the devil is great in this. Um, just this last part where he's like, uh, I don't expect much from those guys, but I made evil puppets, and that's a good day's work for me. And there you go. <laughs> so there you yeah, go. Pretty good. I did my evil thing for the day. Excellent. Anything? I love the Prisoner of Mars. I'm so excited for okay, this one. Yes, yeah. yes, the Prisoner of this Mars. This is great. We talked. To, I'm this sure might we be talk- my number two the, on this book. There's the bar that's called uh, the Magician and the Snake. Yeah, that's a so great little panel there. It makes me think the like shapes. that. Um, that became like a fable or a legend uh-huh. even amongst like right. their people yeah. or whatever you know like yeah. it's cute how they're all connected and yeah, tied together exactly yeah. yeah i love how polite these guys they're, are yes. they're polite about everything yeah, that happens man. to them like the most horrible things are happening to them and they're just like this is fine um, yeah. are there like... <laughs> but at the most they're just like goodness gracious you know about it which is fabulous yeah, and the turnip is also featured in this yeah. too, mm-hmm. right? So that's another thing there where it it's is. like uh, that's like the the vril again or whatever. It has some yeah. big significance. Very I really cool. like that idea of the turnip. You know, turning it's, up. It turn. Yeah. It turn. It, it turns up. Yeah, there you go. Good one. <laughs> I I know I said I didn't want to sound like a broken record, but here I go. <laughs> the way you get just the right amount of info. Okay, so I know it's a story, and he told the whole story, right? But the way that they give you just the right amount of information so that, like, in a movie or TV where things happen off camera, it's to me, it's like, I don't know what happened. I didn't see it. But in comics, I can perceive what happens between panels. Right. You know, right. I, I can imagine because they're right next to each other, right? It's sequential enough for me to follow along even without seeing every little move or movement, right? And so this is the greatest example of that because, you know, he's on the phone, then he's outside, and then the camera changes to see the squid arm coming out of the 
the little you know, pod um, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I really should have like dug into a thesaurus before this episode because I keep going. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it is. It's like he did it just right. Like well, it's yeah, nice it's and neat. Yeah. There's nothing clunky about it. Like clunky is a term in comics, right? Where it's like, ah, eh, it's not working. I don't know why it's clunky. Move on. Right. We got to change that or fix mm-hmm. it. And I don't see that here in any of this. And it doesn't feel like it was over edited either. Right. It feels like it's it, it feels like it was just made this way. But like just the way like the notes book is read on that page. Right. Oh, yeah. Like the yeah. way I, I'm sorry. I just don't see them agonizing over that color. I think like he just colored it red and they were like, OK, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But even the little diary entry, you just get enough to know, you know what I mean? We don't have to see the right. whole thing. You just get like a couple lines, not even a full sentence. Well, the red provides not only an excellent contrast, but also ties into if you'll notice like the colors of like the stabbing panel and then the coat of this big scary judge and then like mars and then you know so like when he's like something dreadful has occurred that's when we see the red dreadful thing happening um i love all the cadaver shots Mignola's like i want to draw a bunch of anatomy shit or whatever you know anatomy cadavers and he makes them look so awesome i love all the like wherever he's got it diagrammed out too or it's all like numbered and stuff like that I think Those are some really I cool think magician ones. and the snake is probably my favorite, but this is probably my second favorite. This is really good. Like it's very, it's just such a kooky, wacky, yeah, like it really is fun little like jaunt, and I I enjoy it very much. It's also spooky. Like a guy is hanged and becomes a ghost, and he's like, <laughs> this will do. Travels to Mars, and it's just and meets like his friend that's now in a alien body and it's just so wacky and, i mean i really like it and he's captured and put in a robot body his little robot body is so cute he <laughs> yeah. looks like a frying pan he says yeah <laughs> this will do nicely is one this of my favorite moments yeah. it's one of my favorite moments where they hang him and he's like oh okay this is fine I'm all right with this <laughs> but then they they are floating around and he's like i like when he's like you there pay attention he's like teaching all the martians <laughs> Can you compare this to anything else? No, like I can't. Open question, like any of this stuff. Can you compare anything in here to any other comic? I can't. Not anything on it's this level. No, I can't really think of anything like it's this. It's so fucking weird yeah. and goofy and fun and awesome, and it looks incredible. Maybe, uh, and we've probably made this parallel before, like maybe something like Adventure Time has like maybe some like maybe sure. wacky elements or something like that but even that is not it's not on the they're not gonna have people hanged and stuff no. like that well, you know well, I mean? yeah they do have some pretty fucked up shit happening in that show though that when he's like all the explosions go off and then he's like <laughs> he's got this little exclamation point again he's drifting around he's like hello and he comes across the original inhabitants and it's these big old giant yeah. artichoke guys. <laughs> this panel is probably one of my favorite panels that he's ever drawn. It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. I mean, the colors obviously are great. We too, hated like, those guys. Just, I love it. It's so we, wanna, we want to thank you for all those explosions. We hated those guys. Is there anything we can do for you? Just straight to the point. He's Very like, make silly. me a new body. And really so good. now he's back in his body telling the story. But this panel is just awesome. gorgeous. I could stare at this forever. I really like it with all the stars and everything. Yeah. I, yeah. Like how, I like how these aliens are just these big like artichoke looking plants amongst the stars it's very cute this is like such a scrawn head appreciation episode oh, like yeah. i really dig just kind of free form appreciating it not having to like 
Like I love reading. That's the page idea, by though. Yeah. When we do that. Yeah, yeah. No. And I thought it was a good opportunity to just shoot, shoot the shit with you, Matt. A yeah, little we bit. We want to hear what you think about, about all these stories uh, as about well. Some yeah. of this stuff. So yeah, it's good to go back and kind of like refresh yourself, especially with this new version. I really like the title and how it's that one long ass title and then a subtitle, you know, The Prisoner of Mars. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like goofy stuff like that. I mean, it's it, right. it, this whole, I mean, it's just a weird, wacky adventure, you know? And there, there's part of me that's thinking, is this guy just fucking pulling these guys' legs? <laughs> right, right. You oh, know? yeah. He could just be making everything up, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, a fun element to think about it, right? He's probably not knowing the way that the worlds of Mignola work, but it's just like, he could just be totally bullshitting these guys. <laughs> and they're just eating it all up. We have the Chapel of Curious Objects. Um, I do love all this. I mean, I know it's not really a story, but I feel like there is a little story in there in, in the fact that someone's walking in and opening up this little thing and finding, I guess, the shapes in there. Yeah. So it symbolizes something. It's just a nice beat, I guess. A nice little epilogue to everything. Who would you guess that is? I wonder if anyone ever had any thoughts on that. We should ask Mark Tweedale. Yeah, I mean, it's got the little... Ha- it's got a human-looking hand, you know? So I guess maybe the the obvious one would be, like, Mignola or something like that. I mean, you could say maybe it's him or maybe um, the guy that's narrating everything. Mm. That that guy with the glasses or whatever who's narrating everything, who kind of looks like Mignola, too, anyway. I like this a lot, though. <clears throat> the shapes are in there. Yeah. They're in there. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, the pacing on this is really nice, and... Obviously, the relief there where they get the shapes out of her, where they see them, is the magician and the snake. Yeah. Oh, really cool. Magician and the snake on the object. So, um, for the 20th anniversary, there's some new pinups in here. So, I was kind of flipping through these. I really love these. I noticed a couple of these. So, we're going to get into this, like, Axor story that is added to this. But a couple of these, I felt like, kind of relate to that. Because in that story, we're going to see some of these churches that have fish on them. We see some of those in these pinups. We see a lot of like fish in the background. So I was wondering if it had anything to do with those. Like, are these pinups related to this universe or, you know what I mean? Is that something stupid to even discuss? I I guess. I don't know. It's not stupid. Yeah, they seem they seem vaguely related. Do they feel like hell? Like a couple of them feel like they're yes. hellboy in hell stuff, right? I, I got that same feeling as right. well. Right, yeah. This, this one here with, this, I guess, the skeleton holding the fish on the plaque it looks like he's holding one of those singing fish you know that were all the novelty in the 90s oh okay i like this guy that's really proud of his bugs he's got a big old bug he's got all the little bugs in the background how about those big chest pieces oh yeah i was gonna say in front of the house right what is that i don't know Uh, some of these are puppets yeah i think he mentions that too we see the um the puppet devil and that's from um the Beast of Vargu, isn't that? Oh, right. Right? Haven't we seen that devil puppet in The Beast of Vargu? It was either in that or it was in that Hellboy short story that was at the end of the library edition or something like that. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. Anyway. I'd have to look back. <laughs> no, Matt, you're supposed to remember all this. <laughs> Here's the thing. When they don't put the books out as frequently... I'm not rereading everything. It was like for a while there, every time there was a new BPRD, I was like, oh, I got to go back and reread everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that really keeps it fresh in your mind, but less frequency, less opportunity to uh, do that. No, Although I, I'm digging the newest Hellboy stuff. I don't know if you guys are reading it. 
or I don't even know if I would call it Hellboy stuff. Some of it's Hellboy stuff. Some of it's just Hellboy Universe stuff. Are you reading any new stuff? Uh, we don't not, have to put this in the episode. I'm not caught up. I've read a bunch of it, but I, I'm not caught up to like, I haven't read British Paranormal Society. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and like the Frankenstein. Oh, I had okay, I got the first two issues of that, but I haven't read it. Yes, but we'll have to have you on for that too. That would be awesome when we when we discuss I'm, that. I'm I'm glad they're putting out the stuff they're putting out right now. Like I'm very happy. Excellent, excellent. Um so one thing that really uh was appealing about this book to me was this uh part 4 the great unpublished curiosity Axor Slayer of Demons. Um, this is something that I had heard about for a while, that Mignola was working on this Axor book and stuff like that. So when I went through this for the first time, like I went through it and I was trying to figure out what was happening. Same. And then when you get to the end of it, he tells you what's ha- what happened. Yeah. But like I kind of went in with my own, I don't know, uh, I, I felt like I got like a really unique experience out of doing that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 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 Same, same. I felt like I figured out the story. Like when I when I read what actually happens, his writings, I was like, oh, okay, no, yeah, I got that. Why didn't you finish this? Yeah, <laughs> you have half the pages are completed. You know you're going to get them colored. That's not an issue. You have a lot of writer friends. Have them help you out with the dialogue. Right, I don't know. Yeah. Like I feel like, like on the one hand, thank you for putting this in here instead of just talking about it and never showing it. Right. right yeah. Like, it's so cool to see this. And I love seeing it black and white. Yes, like, that's a real treat. Say, like, like uh, it's it's so powerful still, even without the color. Like, you could, like, I don't know. I just think it's, I've seen black and whites for a lot of stuff that I've already read. But I haven't seen right. black and whites for stuff that I've never read. And this is the first time that I'm looking at it. And it is still, like, I would put my money down for this. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, if, no dialogue nothing just the just this just 19 pages of a un, and i'd and I'd, I'd buy it monthly you know what i mean like um it, the, the colors by dave stewart are amazing but you also see his strength as a, as an artist on on his own especially when it's material that's just brand new and you're just taking it all in yeah yeah so i did not like i i thought i was thinking like totally different stuff was happening what, what about oh, you really guys? i thought it was pretty straightforward I just love the giant octopus like bursting out of the thing and flying through the air. Like those panels are incredible. I don't know. I don't want to jump ahead. Was there anything that you were going to talk about? No, the prior panel to that? where it goes boom. Yeah, off the top is super cute and funny. I mean, it's horrific, but it's also very funny. No, but the one right under that where it sh- pulls back oh, and, and he's you just, flying, you he's just, floating you away, just gently that. floating away. Yeah, it's pretty I great. I love all that. Yeah. Gosh. I do like that. It's so good. The only thing I was confused about, I was like, okay, apparently that pile of bones that becomes Axor again yeah. was locked up in a cell with a werewolf. Yeah. Yes. But, like, did the werewolf do him in? Or what? Like, how did he become a no, pile of bones? No, he's just in there. The well, werewolf is thrown in so, jail for different reasons. Yeah. So, and I think he was locked up in there because Axor had turned into a pile of bones and they're like, this cell is basically free. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. And then they hand him the, the sword. sword and he's reinvigorated as See, Axor. I didn't I didn't catch the hammer. that. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. they were I thought they were handing the sword to the old guy. They thought he was him, but he's not. But it's not him. Yeah. 
Um, but I think Mignola says that the werewolf is in there for killing the royal family. Yes. Or whatever. So oh, okay. I didn't know that yeah. from context of the story. Yeah. Obviously. Um, that's the story that he's telling these guys or whatever. I like when the big um, octopus is floating over the the city and it, the sound in the background is just this very ominous, yeah. like, droning. <laughs> wah, wah, yeah. <laughs> like how Axor becomes wah. gigantic. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But him like bursting through the wall, the boom with the giant, like all of this kind of reminded me of Hellboy fighting like the big giant octopus and stuff like that. Also in his follow-up, he says about, um, and maybe some of you artists and writers out there know what this is like because it can't just be me. In terms of like getting midway to a project and just being like, I can't go on. Yeah, can't. Right, just losing motivation. Yeah. I mean, I know what that's like, right? Sure, sure. All writers, all people who create this kind of stuff, they all know what that's like. And the one thing I always of tell works people: works in progress I have is just staggering. I know, me too. <laughs> and so that's why, like, I've had the opportunity to teach with comics and teach how to make comics. You know, because if you can teach with them, you can make them and then communicate yeah. through them, right? So, yeah. so I, I always tell people, like, especially like kids, like younger people, like. There's strength in numbers. Like, there's a reason why there's a penciler, an inker, a colorist. On the one hand, they can be working on more than one book at a time and make some real money out of it. But on the other hand, it's going to get done. It's going to see the light of day. Yeah. Well, there's accountability. They're like, hey, do you have those pages for me yet? Because I need those to get them done. I need to get them done. Give them to me. And you're like, shit, I got to finish those. (laughs) Yeah. And I know he probably wouldn't hand it off to the colorist until it was totally drawn. But if he had, maybe that would have been motivating to be like, oh, my gosh, these colored pages. Oh, I just right. want to keep going, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah, maybe that would. You just never know. Um, yeah. I love the the sad werewolf. I was just about to say yeah. I love all the panels of the werewolf. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Where he turns around, that one right here in the yes. corner where he turns around and looks back. I really love that. So sweet. I love um, all the panels with the werewolf in there. And, uh, the reluctant read my werewolf. Mind. The reluctant yes. werewolf. And, yeah. and the, the kind of reveal also or – the showing of the transformation like he doesn't have to show the the whole thing he just shows the arrowhead like the the tip of the spear stabbing the werewolf right. and then we cut back and it's stabbing the man and then like you don't have to show everything but it i don't know i just love the way that he chooses to is very convey good at, yeah. that this guy's yeah. the werewolf and he's turning it back into a human like yeah. little things like that are just i think really interesting the way that you're going to go about of portraying something that's been seen a million times like someone transforming it back into a human from well a he communicates things so efficiently yeah. and so gracefully i will say that mignola is very good at pacing and storytelling here when he when he talks about what would come next he said the priest soul in bird shape stops by to try and make the sad werewolf feel better i want to see that yeah. <laughs> just draw that one page that sounds Sweet. amazing Oh. Draw that one. 30th page. anniversary. Draw that edition. one. The 30th page. anniversary edition. Yeah, we'll get one more page. Exactly. There's enough here that somebody could scan these pages and color them, add lettering, and be like, you want to finish it? <laughs> 19 of 36 pages. Let's go. You I know? know. Gosh. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I personally is... would not do that. No. <laughs> what's interesting is that he has collaborated with other people on the writing like on the story like he'll give them just the basic like idea of the story and like the the important beats of it and kind of even give them like sketches of stuff he wants done specifically like this but 
he'll work with other writers and other artists on his own stories. And I just, I don't know what it was about this story. Again, I mean, we've all been there. Like I, I say that about someone else's work and then I turn to my own work and I'm like, no, I'm never finishing this. And someone could probably look at that and be like, why not? And I'll just be like, I just can't. I can't explain to you why. I just will not. I just can't yeah, do yeah. it. So I, I get it. I'm not one to, right. you know, I'm not going to be like, you should totally finish this when I myself cannot be casting any stones right, in that right. particular direction. I like how he explains the name Axor. <laughs> He's all like, for years I would find myself on panels explaining why I named the character Hellboy, saying that I needed something a little silly so the audience would understand that I knew that all of this stuff was a bit silly. If I had made up the character when I was younger, coming off that phase where I was reading a lot of old sword and sorcery stuff, I would have given him some deadly serious name like Axor, Demon Slayer. <laughs> Just something I said one day without thinking, about, and after that, every time I told that story, it was always Axor. It just stuck, so eventually I had to use it for something. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Axor is a very silly name, though. It is, yeah. As yeah. well, though. Axor. Like, And he doesn't have an axe. He has a sword. <laughs> Which he refers to as his hammer. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. The character design reminds me of Roger, so mm. I always kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was gonna say the um, the whole priest thing with the fish and all that. It reminded me of the fish. Isn't there like a fish church in the Hellboy in some of the Ape Sapien comics? Yeah, right? that's where he oh, yeah. uh, fights uh, Strobel. Oh, right, right. Yeah. There was that, and it was also referenced in Ape Sapien: The Drowning or something like that. So yeah. I will say that Mignola, in his his little explanation of all this, he refers to it as a fish museum oh, of fish some museum kind yeah. of some kind oh okay so that's what it is but there's a priest and there's an exorcism no, yeah, being that's done what I, in yeah. there so it made me think of, anyway I, no for sure i just think it's a <laughs> potato potato situation yeah there you go yeah but um don't after, have any potatoes over here it's all furniture and cobwebs after <laughs> after yes. i went through and uh after i went through and read the explanation by mignola i went back and re-looked at it again and i was like oh yeah man Anyway, yeah. I loved I, going back through this book. It's um It was a lot of fun. It's, it's better this time around. It'll be better every time I read it, I feel. Well, and you got to appreciate the fact that there's nothing in previous editions that's not in this new one. Yeah. There's just yeah. more. So yeah. it's not like you have to go out and buy them all. I really like that. You know you will, right? Cuz you, <laughs> <laughs> you need them. So. I love a collection of curious objects. Yeah, just yeah. Love stuff. It. Yeah. Really Very cool. Good. Yeah, I definitely recommend picking up this book. Hand um, it to people who hate comics. Hand it to people who love comics. Yeah, that's Just a great give it idea. To people mm-hmm. in pick, general. Pick, hand, it, hand it to random people on the street. Yeah. yeah, you can pick up this version, and then if you have the other one that came out a while back, you can give that one to somebody else so they can check it out. Give it to somebody that's cool. I feel like could you give this to a kid? Mm-hmm. Is it too spooky? It's cartoony, yeah. I think it's okay because the violence yeah. is cartoony. I was gonna say because there's a lot of spooky stuff, like the, a man is hanged. And there's a lot of like stabbing and but, you know, I feel like when I was like, you know, nine, I would have read this and been like, cool. Right. So that's fine. I I always have this one story in the back of my head. So I don't know, Aubrey, if you remember this. So Aubrey and I worked at the video store. This is a weird tangent. But I always think but I always think of this story when I think about kids and violence. Yeah. Aubrey and I worked at the video store and Lord of the Rings had just come out the first one. Fellowship of the Ring. And we were showing it on okay at the video store. They have all the bi- all the TVs, all the, the yeah. wall of TVs, right? <laughs> it was six TVs wide and 
eight TVs high. I remember right. that. Like that. I remember that. Yeah. We're playing the movie, and I'm not even sure that we should be playing it. Oh, and we, it, we definitely were not allowed to. And and uh, But we were playing it anyway, and I'm walking around, and I'm putting videos up, and I think you might have been working at the register or something, and... Uh, and it's the it's the fight at the end with the Urukai and sure. fucking Aragorn, and he fucking stabs that dude, and he yeah. pulls the sword into him, and then he chops his head off, and all this stuff. And there's these little kids like standing right in front of the <laughs> wall of TVs, watching all this, and they're like little, little, yeah. like five or six years old, and they're just like eyes wide, like watching this <laughs> thing. And um, wow. And 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 I go over to Aubrey and I go, hey man, like I don't know if we should be showing this. There's these like little kids watching. And the guy that Aubrey's checking out, he goes, "Oh, it's all right. Those are my kids, actually." He goes, "They watch worse stuff like this all the time." Yeah, there you go. He goes, "They, they, they go. he goes, they saw this in the theater." Yeah, and oh, I'm just awesome. like, I was watching R-rated yeah. shit when I was five and six years right. old. I didn't give a yeah. shit. I, I didn't give too, a fuck. Yeah. I, just the stuff that people think would be traumatizing. You're not even paying attention. You have no frame of reference for it, right. so you're just like, okay, you know. And then later, you're like, oh, I understand this to be disturbing. Hmm, interesting. I'm not you know? saying it, I'm not saying it's okay to show your kids violence, but. I I, but okay, I just think probably. that they just are exposed to it's it just you know, through whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you were going to say, Matt? Sorry, Matt. Well, remember George Lucas, his defense of the prequels at one point is that they were for younger audiences, new audiences, right? Like, you know, that to me means children. But then look at what happens to Anakin Skywalker in the third movie. <laughs> the worst like, oh thing that can happen to a person. It's horrible. That is hardcore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah um, for real. And. You know, when I was a kid, I watched the Smurfs, which seemed harmless, except the villain was always trying to catch him and boil him down to turn him into gold. You know, like, oh, right. there's all kinds of brutal aspects of things. And, and I think we just have to go with this. You just have to go back to what, like, Danielle was articulating it very well. There's nothing so grotesque about this artwork yeah. that you'd be like, we can't look at it anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, it's still yeah. artful. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could give this to a kid. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You should. All ages approved. We we encourage you to give this to children. <laughs> yes, do it. Hang out in front of a middle school and just pass no, it out no, to no, kids. No, 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 no. No, I'm cutting this off. Just kidding. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Yes, donate a coffee to the school library. No, yeah. Do you that. Do that. Do that. Yeah, do that. donate it to the school library. Or if you have like a niece and nephew and you're on good terms with your sibling and it's fine <laughs> yes give just them give a them coffee. give them it that's a good idea excellent awesome well um thank you so much for joining us matt this has been great i, I feel like this has been a fun discussion oh yeah thanks for having me i had a great time like yeah, always thank you so awesome. much for joining us yeah it's been a lot of fun yeah, and I was also um, I was hoping Matt that you could join us for next month as well, Please. right? Yeah, for another sure. episode. Yeah, so we'll have something special lined up for that. I'm excited to hear what you guys thought of the Amazing Screw on Head 20th Anniversary Edition. Tell us what you thought of all the stories. Which one's your favorite? What are your favorite parts? And now Aubrey's gonna say all the things. Uh, all right, everybody. This was a lot of fun revisiting this story, and we know you guys love it, and we want to hear what you thought of it again. And tell us what you thought of Axar the Demon Slayer. Yeah. Uh, send us a... I think it's Axor. Is it Axor? Axor. All right. Oh, okay, sorry. Get it right, Aubrey. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, pronunciation corner's Jeepers coming at me hard. Creepers. You can send us a hey, you damn guys at Hellboy Book Club at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can always find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. 
And as always, a special thank you to Paul from Gatahan for the uh, listener feedback theme. Thank, thank you, Paul. Paul. I guess our theme music is from uh, Only Beast. Is that really true? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Our theme music is from Only Beast. <laughs> Doing some fact checking over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And then you're there. Open it up and give us that five-star review. And if you like what you're hearing here, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. And if you like what you're hearing here and you think, man, I wish you guys were doing it like once a week like you used to, come join us at Book Club Member Comics. We're yes. doing it every day over there not every day every week over there we're doing it every day but you only get one a week yeah that's true yeah the rest of them are we just delete them as soon as we record them <laughs> we only pick one and it's random every week it really is strangely enough it always be the one that we tell you're gonna be but yes. it's, it's, it's a coincidence it's random though it's a coincidence uh. And on that note, next week, we are going to over at Book Club Member Comics. Book Club we, Member Comics. Book go Club over there. Comics. Go over there. Go over there. Uh, anyway, so next week, we are going to be reading the first volume of Scott Pilgrim. Awesome. Uh, I believe it's Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life. Uh, so you guys know what to do. Pull out those back issues, trades, digitals, omnis. And this one's in black and white or color. And join us over at Book Club Member Comics, and come back next month. We'll be back for more fun Hellboy-related content on the Hellboy Book Club podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm on a rooftop yelling furiously at some shapes. I'm Matt Strackbine. And I'm Robert Loveless saying, it's not a jewel, it's a dirty old piece of crap. (laughs) 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 (laughs)